It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, America. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. This 28th day of February 2024. Ordinarily, it would be the final day of February, but this is one of the stupid leap years. So it's the penultimate day of February because I love the word penultimate. Hi, I'm Robin. This is the Horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry wacky zany real time madcap multimedia extravaganza. There's the Horn chat room. The three hours in which this program is live Monday through Friday. 5 to 8 p.m. P- uh, Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Brown. And where, if you pop into the aforementioned Mary Wacky Zany, uh, right this very instant, well, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers, and that's Anatole and Ralphs and Squeaky and Theo. Hey, y'all. Hope you're having a wonderful afternoon. And uh, you're incapably moderated by... Wah. Oh, dear. All right. Um, I don't know if anybody's going to wander along later or not, but, well, hey, y'all, y'all, y'all are pretty good at this, uh, you know, managing things. Uh, it is prayer meeting Wednesday on the Horn, and we will get to some of that uh, in short order. But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different, and so... Thanks go out. Absolutely, thanks go out to. Then here's the question. Do we have any 28th day of the month subscribers? Um, Yes, we do. Thank you to Suman. Thank you for keeping. uh, And thank you, Mark. And thank you, Charlene in Rogues Island. And thank you, Sharon. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program. And big thanks to uh, uh, Joni. Thank you so much, Joni. I got a message from Joni. I just sent enough to do a have a show on me. I always enjoy the conversation and the history and the facts. You're a vital source. Joan, that's so, so kind of you to say thank you. And so, our fundraising goal 
is down to $705. We've got today and tomorrow to finish February fully funded. I guess that works out to $352.50 per show. So let's see if we can, let's see if we can get caught up. Um, we're technically behind by, oh, 105 bucks. So we're, we, we got $105 for yesterday, 300 for today, 300 for tomorrow, and then February's gone. Like I said, been a couple. I said yesterday, been a, it was a weird day yesterday and another weird one today. Uh, we've gone from unseasonably warm to well, I, thunder thunderstorms yesterday, and God, it's been blowing hell bent for leather all day long here. And tornadoes through the uh, through the southeast yesterday, and we got the tail end of it today. And it rattled around the eaves and sent sideways rain. And well, temperatures dipping here in the fabulous Horn Studios at the magnificent Kincaid Mansion. We're down to uh, ah six. How about that for a prayer meeting Wednesday? It's sixty six point six degrees in here. Well now. That has some kind of portent to it. Uh, and Ralphs has put a $25 challenge for the American Psychological Association uh, policy that was announced. The largest psychological association in the world has passed a policy supporting uh, trans youth care by a massive margin. And uh, they represent the American Psychological Association represents 157,000 members, and they've uh, passed a resolution that calls for an end to trans care ban, bans and misinformation around trans care. Uh, Aaron in the morning had the story, and it couldn't come at a more uh, desperate time. Because once again, here we are, and uh, the brain trust in the West Virginia House of Delegates, of which of which I hope to be a member next year, <sighs> passed their bill after they. Okay, so last year, and I think we went over this, but it's worth reiterating. And thank you, Ralphs, for the twenty-five dollar challenge. If someone will meet it then we will be down to $655 to go to finish the month fully funded. Um, last year, the maggots in the West Virginia legislature, well, it started in the House, and they wanted to ban care for all transgender kids in all forms, whether it be talk therapy or social transition or puberty blockers or and of course it's contrary to actual medical science but they don't care because the agony is the point the cruelty is the point because they are just acolytes of their 
Orange Jesus. And that, that it left the House, it went to the Senate, the Senate modified it and left an exception in there for children who are diagnosed by at least two medical professionals as being at extreme grave risk of suicide. Well, apparently, there's no apparently about it, that did not make the West Virginia House of Delegates happy, and they wanted, well, they want those kids dead. They are, of course, uh, by far and away in the majority, uh, they are, of course, followers of Christ Jesus. Sure they are. Imagine a legislature so bent on cruelty that it actively works to kill children. And I mean real children, Uh, not children in test tubes like they are in Alabama. Little trans girls and trans boys and non-binary people whose every day of life is a struggle to survive. And they'd already banned almost all gender-affirming care, but but, but they hadn't banned it all. So now, by a vote of 88 to 11, 11, the West Virginia House of Delegates has passed yet another bill that just utterly bans it, they're going to get sued for this one too. I mean, we've got we this broke ass state is hemorrhaging money defending this legislative garbage. And over 500 medical professionals and students signed a letter opposing this latest bill. Uh, Dr. Kate Waldeck, a pediatric critical care physician in Huntington, West Virginia, said, if this bill becomes law, it will take away the only treatment that has been shown to help a small but very vulnerable group of children. And she said it's going to prevent physicians from being able, quote, to provide what is truly life-saving medical care. That's what it comes down to. Gender-affirming care keeps these children out of my PICU. It saves lives, and the new bill would strip parents of the right to obtain this potentially life-saving care for their children. Well, but that doesn't matter to the bill's lead sponsor, a delegate by the name of Geoff Foster, G-E-O-F-F. Geoff Foster said that he doesn't believe that gender-affirming care reduces suicide rates. He said that this hate-filled bill is pointing doctors in the direction of actually treating the issue of the suicidality problem and the depression rather than moving to a solution that's not working. The only problem is all the data say that it is working.
On the other hand, um, well, another member of the House of Delegates, the majority leader in the Senate, Tom Takubo, who is actually a doctor, took noted that there are over a dozen peer-reviewed studies that show a decrease in rates of suicidal ideation and suicidal attempts among kids who have severe gender dysphoria and were able to get medication therapy. Uh, on the other hand, there's uh, the chair of the House Health and Human Resources Committee, an, uh, a, a horrible woman named Amy Summers, who's an RN, no less, and she said the new bill won't keep adolescents from getting hormone therapy treatment for psychiatric conditions like gender dysphoria as long as the dose was not supraphysiologic or high enough that it actually assisted that child in transitioning. Oh, you evil witch. She said, what is being expressed to me by physicians is that they are receiving lower doses of a hormone and that tends to help with their anxiety and depression, but it's not doses that transition that, that individual. Oh, you dipshit. How low a dose is that? Amy Summers went on and said, we have affirmation, <laughs> affirmation. <laughs> we have affirmation that this medication can still be provided for psychiatric treatment, which is my main concern, and that's not changed. And no one in this body is against the physicians or health care providers who provide this care. Uh, Dr. Waldeck, on the other hand, uh, had a different understanding. Dr. Waldeck actually treats transgender kids. She said, if you're saying you can't do it for gender transition, well, what is the normal physiologic level then? In terms of what doctors are legally going to be able to do, in reality, there's not going to be a normal quote-unquote physiologic level for a biological female who's getting testosterone for their gender dysphoria and suicidality. And said, in reality, it is still an effective treatment ban. And they weren't even, the, the maggots weren't even willing to let the kids who were already on that care continue on it. They rejected a pair of amendments. One would have kept allowed the kids who were already getting treatment to continue. And the other would have allowed treatment if an attending physician uh, provided a written opinion that it is, quote, medically necessary to treat the minor's psychiatric symptoms that makes the minor a danger to commit suicide without such treatment. Nope, because they want the kids dead. Uh, over at Fairness, West Virginia, the executive director there, a guy I know named Andrew Schneider, said, I don't understand how anyone could look at these families and tell them their child's life doesn't matter. That's what they did today. 
with this vote. Oh, Mr. Snyder, they didn't say that. They said, die, you little monsters, die. Of course, in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Steve in New York said, uh, right as I just tuned in listening to you, I couldn't help thinking, and I helped. Yeah. Uh, Emilio says, it's not working, Kincaid, because a real solution would involve Jesus to completely cure that transgender thing that was created by the devil. Uh, yes, Theo, I am being snarky. Uh, Geoff is pronounced Jeff, or are you being snarky, however richly deserved it may be. I am being Geoff, uh, I am being snarky in calling him Geoff Foster. Because he doesn't, he doesn't respect transgender identities, why should I respect his identity as Jeff, when it's clearly Geoff? There's only one biological Jeff. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ralphs is 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 kind of gobsmacked. Just yeah. Oh my God, Ralphs says he has a degree in psychology. <sighs> yeah. I pity anyone seeking therapy with him. Pray the gay away. And, uh, oh, that, that reminds me, I've got to uh, do something real quick. Uh, Just one second. Sorry. Uh, Steve, I am sending you something right now in New York. Darn it. Not, not, I'll, I'll deal with it in a little bit. <sighs> oh, thank you, Charlene in Rogues Island. Challenge. Quote by Roger Williams, one of the founders of Rogues Island and Providence Plantations. Forced worship stinks in the nostrils of God. I'm offering a $200 challenge. I'll add 50 bucks more when met. All the best from Rogues Island. Thank you, Charlene, founding member of the Society of Leans. Thank you so much. And what a great quote. Forced worship stinks in the nostrils of God. Yeah, because it's not really worship. It's compulsion. Oddly enough, a similar verse is to be found early in the uh, opening verses of the uh, 
of the Quran. There is no compulsion in religion. That would prove to be more a matter of uh, aspiration than operation as Islam spread through the Middle East and, well, Western Asia is what it really is, and into Africa and Central Asia and even Europe. But thank you for the challenge so very much, Charlene. So now there's two hundred and twenty-five dollars worth of challenges on the table, and we can, oh my goodness, we can get down within striking distance of actually finishing the month of February fully funded. Because if we meet Charlene's challenge and Ralph's challenge, that will result in four hundred and fifty dollars. And then Charlene will add another 50, that will turn into 500, and we will be only $205 away from finishing funding for the month of February. I cannot thank you enough, Charlene. Thank you, Ralphs, so much. And now all we have to do is uh, find, well, $225. Ten people at 2250 or 22 and a half people at 10 and all the variations thereupon. Thank you. Uh, Steve in New York with a note. Wait, let me try this again. We'll get there. Okay, that's done. There, this time it worked. Uh, Steve in New York with a note. Uh, this is going to come out wrong. It strikes me that these crazy loons are the equivalent of the crowds in Frankenstein. There are modern-day pitchfork and torch mobs looking to kill anyone that doesn't meet their definition of what normal is. And, of course, it's valuable to note that, as my dear friend Peter Godbold sent, uh, taught me long, long ago, I still hear his voice, Normal is just a setting on a dryer. And so we move, uh, we move from uh, that endorsement from the American Psychological Association, who might want to look at drumming out Geoff Foster... If he is, in fact, a member and not just maybe a member of some, oh, religious cult or something. Now, we move from there to uh, 
well, the travails of Nitwit Nero. There were, there was a Oh, uh, Ralph's Steve needs to know, do you have any nut allergies or anything in terms of picking out your uh, Esther Price chocolates? Just uh, let me know. Or anything you don't like or do like especially well? Uh, that's for the uh, Esther Price challenge yesterday. Well, they went back into into court in Fulton County uh, yesterday. And it seems that there's a trend among witnesses in Republican court cases. Nitwit Nero was bragging that the Georgia case against me is effectively over. I win. Only he hasn't. So the pettifoggers for Mike Roman and the rest of the dirtbags brought in their star witness, Terrence Bradley. He's the one who got this whole mess going by suggesting that um, Nathan Wade and Fonnie Willis were in an affair earlier than they said they had been. And he took the stand and said, Uh, Mr. Bradley, I'd like you to meet Mr. Smirnov. Mr. Smirnov, meet Mr. Bradley. Mr. Bradley, Mr. Smirnov, now we got enough for bridge. Testifying under oath, he said, I was speculating, and I never witnessed anything. It was speculation about when and how they started their little affaire de coeur. And so... Uh, Nothing burger. Oops. It there was over two hours of testimony, and the uh, defense pettifoggers. Uh, it was swing and a miss, strike two. And I love the way this story. Uh, is written from the Guardian. The defense lawyers had been hoping for weeks that Bradley would contradict the testimony from Willis and Wade, who claimed it started months after Wade had been hired to work on the Trump case in November 2021, since that could undercut their credibility in the eyes of the judge. Did you notice that part? Where the defense lawyers had been hoping for weeks? Hoping. Hoping. Obillable. Oh, Steve. Oh, Darlene. Oh, me. It's generally not a great idea to go into a courtroom hoping that a witness will say something. In point of fact, I could go so far as to say that um, it's actually legal malpractice to go into court with a witness that you don't know what they're going to say and you've had two weeks to find them out. Hoping? Helping. Hope in one hand and in the other and see which one fills up first and 
Well, we know what filled up first in the hand of Ashley Merchant, the pettifogger for Mike uh, Roman. Uh, so, uh, uh, Steve Sadow, 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 don't give a fuck. Oh, first F-bomb of the evening, I think. But uh, he was a little bit peeved. He asked um, Terrence Bradley, why did you speculate? when you knew that Ashley Merchant was asking you about the affair in order to finalize her motion to disqualify, and Terrence Bradley said, I don't recall. And he also couldn't remember if uh, uh, Nathan Wade had talked about having sexy time with Fonnie Willis in her office before she became the district attorney. And he said, uh, I never saw or knew if uh, he had a key to her garage door. And so there is precisely zero evidence that Fonnie Willis hired Nathan Wade and renewed the contract for the purposes of getting a financial benefit through some sort of kickback scheme. I, you know, that at the, in, in the final analysis, what's going on here? is this. People who are criminally inclined assume that everyone else is too. And so Ashley Merchant and Steve Sadow by virtue of their long association with criminal clients, assume that everybody behaves in a criminal fashion. And that everyone would engage in a kickback scheme. But there is no evidence whatsoever that they did that. In fact, they said they split the costs or reimbursed the cash. Ralph's pointing out, oh, and the judge, McAfee, is a member of the Federalist Society. Well, not surprised. Uh, Ralph says, no, I don't have any allergies, and Gioff Foster is the owner of a construction com- supply company. Of course he is. Because he's a good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, amosexual, Christian businessman. Some breaking news coming from the Supreme Court of the United States. They have decided that they will hear the case. They could have just refused to hear it and bounced it back down to the uh, the, uh, district court, but a case of this magnitude, a case of first impression, 
I mean, look, as uh, Lou just pointed out, Lou and PA, it will delay the beginning of the trial. But nonetheless, a case of first impression like this kind of has to be heard, y'all. It's, it's in, 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 in many ways, it is the raison d'etre of uh, the Supreme Court in the first place. Going all the way back to the holding in Marbury versus Madison, that the final word on the meaning of the Constitution of the United States will and must be the Supreme Court of the United States. And so here we are. Oral arguments are scheduled for the week. Jesus. Our most puissant dread sovereign Supreme Catholic Majesties have quite the dance card. And so they're going to hear oral arguments on the week of April 22nd. If they hear them on the on April 22nd, it'll be a birth. I guess it'll be some sort of bizarre birthday gift to to uh, my dear Annette. So if oral arguments are on the 22nd. Uh, that means the time between now and then will be spent in briefing, and there will be a gazillion amicus curiae briefs. Uh, I'm sure one will be filed by the uh, Association of Attorneys General of the United States who pick their teeth with their toenail clippings, as led by Ken Paxton and pill-pushing Patty Morrissey from right here in the Mountain State. And ultimately what that means is that unless they expedite the process somehow, they'll pro- they, will, they will probably be releasing the opinion of it. Let's go ahead and look at the calendar. They'll be releasing the uh, opinion. Probably the week of June the 24th to the 28th, unless they decide that it would probably be a better idea to do so quickly. (sighs) So mark your calendars. Make sure you've got a supply of popcorn laid in. Remember, of course that uh, being as how uh, we lumpen proletariat can't handle uh, can't handle something as highfalutin as a supreme court argument we will not we will not be allowed to see the arguments take place but we will in fact only be allowed to listen quietly <sighs> democracy So we've got that going on. The big news coming down today, uh, Mitch. Uh, McConnell has decided he doesn't want to be the leader of the Senate Republicans anymore. 
I, I would guess that, um, well, uh, he got, as a, as a leading member of the Leopards Eating People's Faces Party, he decided uh, that he was not fond of having leopards eating his face. Matt Gates, Braid, we've 86th McCarthy, McDaniel, and McConnell. Brighter days ahead for the GOP. Well, if you can manage to stay in the House, and considering that uh, you brag about doing rails of hard-on pill and chasing it with Red Bull so that you can all night. What a disgusting human being. Uh, Ralph said they'll release the opinion on June 30th or July 31st. No, no, no. June, June. The term ends on the 30th of June, but the 30th of June is a Sunday. So I think it'll probably come in that final week of June. Um, Again, unless they expedite it. Because this is a matter of grave national import. And, of course, I have no doubt that Ginsurrectionist Thomas, her husband, Clarence Pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas, will not recuse himself, even though he is, well, the, it's, no, it's, not a, it's not a matter of an appearance of impropriety so much as it's a matter of 200 proof impropriety, but there's no one to force him to, you know, do the right thing. Because I'm sure that uh, Har Har and Lily are telling him to do the white thing, seeing as how they own timeshares in him. Note coming in from Cynthia. In the Bay Area, it's a beautiful day here today, and yet I still don't have time to burn in that acorn acorn Kamado. Yesterday was gorgeous, too, and I didn't have time yesterday either, and starting tomorrow, rain's coming back. Oh, how I want to try it out on some ribs, salmon, and more. One of these days, Roxanne, one of these days. I know. (laughs) It can be frustrating. But you'll get it done, and then the magic will happen. Otherwise, Cynthia says... If SCOTUS says Trump has complete immunity, then Biden should order up that SEAL Team 6 assassination squad immediately. If Trump is immune, then so is Biden. I wonder if they'd follow orders. Or, you know, just send send somebody, well, you know, why do you never, I'm, I'm ashamed of this before I've even said it. Why do you never accept flowers from the federal government? Because it might be an FBI plant. I'll see myself out. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Cynthia. I, I, even, with our mo- but even with our most puissant dread sovereign, Supreme Catholic Majesties, I find it almost impossible to conceive that they would create a grant of immunity for him. I mean, sure, Clarence Pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas, and uh, Sammy Bad Breath Alito, and 
maybe Neil, brother Neil Gorsuch might do that. They might vote that way. I feel confident the three actual competent justices on the Supreme Court won't. I can't imagine that old balls and strikes Roberts will want to trash the institution that way. I know, Ralphs. I'm sorry. Oh, Roxanne. (laughs) (laughs) It might be a plant. Hmm. And the, the, you know, maybe they would, you know, beer boofing, b- 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 brat Kavanaugh is going to have a hard time voting to give him immunity, being as how he argued till he was purple in the face that such immunity doesn't exist for Democratic presidents. I okay, I Y A R. And maybe the handmaid might even get it right. Uh, this coming in. Well, now let's go back to uh, uh, Moscow, Mitch. Apparently, he's going to serve out the remainder of his term, which ends in 2027, January 2027, after the 2026 election cycle. And, uh, but he's he's stepping down from the Senate leadership after the election this November. And he blathered a bunch of drivel about how I'm no longer the e- I'm no longer the eager backbencher back there wondering if anybody will ever remember my name. <sighs> what else? We're gonna remember your name, Addison. We just won't remember it for any good reason we will remember the harm he did the vicissitudes that he foisted upon the American people how he subverted constitutional governance not once but twice I wonder how long he'll last after he quits. And don't you know there's going to be a scramble inside the GQP in Kentucky stand to replace him. And just a little heads up for when Moscow Mitch finally does go. The Arafat rule will be in effect. Being be careful of the enemy that you want gone because there's every reason in the world to suspect that the enemy that replaces him will be a far greater enemy. Oh, speaking of enemies, guess who showed up on my filthy morning habit today? That's right. Joe to the mansion born, my senior senator from West Virginia, soon not to be a senator at all, who was pontificating, it was a it was it was a Joe on Joe love fest, and there went dinner in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. A lot of love there. 
And uh, Joe this morning, well, Joe was talking, and Joe was making up some new words. Uh, he said people are beraged. Beraged. Now, I'm, as we all know, I am a longtime practitioner of the art of word knowing. And uh, that I've never I've never heard of uh, beraged, but then he hauled out his uh, he hauled out the Latin that apparently he didn't have. I mean, granted, Joe's a good Catholic boy and all, but I, I, I get the idea that the nuns or whomever didn't do a great job because he then said that. I forget what the context was, but the context doesn't really matter. The stupidity is the context. He talked about someone's motive operandum. Motive operandum. And then he went on to brag about the 501c4 uh, pack that his daughter who faked her way through a master's degree at West Virginia University, my beloved alma mater, Harvard on the Mon. Uh, she's got a 501c4, and he and Heather have been going around the country and uh, finding out that people are beraged and by the motive operandum of... Uh, and, and, and Joe Biden has been dragged by these weirdos like Bernie Sanders too far to the left... I was grateful for the fact that I no longer keep a Jeroboam of Mexican gasoline and a swirly straw in the building because I wouldn't have made it to air this evening after listening to all of that if I'd had one. If if if, if that had been the case, I would have had to say, you know, if I'd had to take a shot every time I uh, I, I said, shut the fuck up, Joe. Um, and, and I don't mean you, Je Jehoshaphat. I'm talking about the senior senator from West Virginia who is, I mean, Atne Ute Ait Brave, you own a what I mean, man. Or, be raged. Uh, Emilio says, for I have eaten thy fridge sandwich. <laughs> be raged, for I have eaten thy fridge uh, Is that from... Uh, uh, is, 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 is that is that from the deli of Venice? Uh, maybe, Ralphs, maybe he meant barraged. But there's no way of knowing because... <laughs> because there really wasn't that much in the way of a contextual clue. It's just one of those days. Um, Steve from Georgetown, Brother Bishop Steve, all-around great guy. Hey, Steve. Soup. We actually had the soup conversation yesterday. 
The devil's in the details, Steve says. When Fulton County Superior Cut, uh, Court Judge Scott McAfee announced Julius Geezer's dime store lawyer, Steve Sato, yesterday, he had introduced him as, ready for it, the great Steve Sato. Any questions? Oh, I missed that part, or I would have had an on-air conniption. The great Steve Sadow. Resurrected Clarence Darrow, I guess. I, thanks for that, Steve. That in San Francisco as to Addison, Moscow, Mitch McConnell. I gave him a year of tops. Having power to do evil keeps him going. Once that's gone, he will have no reason to continue. I'm sure if he could steal a brain the way Cheney got a heart, he would he would have already done so. <laughs> yeah, he just knock over some guy in an alley, but they, yeah, I, I I think any decent human being's brain would 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 reject Addison McConnell's body, soul, or whatever. Oh, and thanks for the cowbell, Billable. Give yourself a cowbell. Why do you never accept flowers from the federal government? Because it may be an FBI plant. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but all kidding aside, yeah, it's going to be hell among the yearlings in Kentucky try, with people all, uh, you know, lining up for 2026. They've got a great governor down there. He'd be a nice replacement. Uh, the three Johns are see- may be seeking to replace him. Senator, now this is who's going to replace him as Senate Minority Leader or perhaps Majority Leader after November. Uh, G- Senator John Thune, Senator John Barrasso, and Senator John Cornyn. John Barrasso, John Cornholio, and John Thune. And, of course, let's bear in mind that they're all toxic AF. Flavio with a note, the Kinsey Institute. The world's top sex research center faces existential threat from conservative attacks. A quote from the story in The Guardian. Uh, The Guardian... Uh, noting that uh, uh, Indiana wants to pull funding from Taliban, Indiana wants to pull funding from the Kinsey Institute. It's located at Indiana University. Uh, there will be a vote this week by the Board of Trustees. That may wind up defunding it. The future of the Kinsey Institute, the world's premier sex research center, is in limbo. Last April, the Taliban Indiana maggot legislature voted to block the institute from getting any state funds through Indiana University. And they've been struggling to figure out what comes next. Flavio, reading the story, simply observed... 
Isn't that what the Nazis did? They went after the scientists of sexuality? Magnus Hirschfeld was his name, Flavio. And the German compound noun for it is, I can't recall it. I mean, sexual something, geschaft, uh, um, schlag. I, I, I don't know. Zug and schlag. Mark Twain famously noting that Zug can, that schlag can mean everything from bilge water to mother in law. That's in the awful German language, which if you have never read it, you should, because it's freaking hilarious. But yeah, uh, they went after the uh, uh, Magnus Hirschfeld's Institute and those grainy, those grainy films of Nazis throwing books on fires. That's the library of Magnus Hirschfeld's Institute. And then they started killing the queers. Which, of course, is what the uh, House of Delegates of West Virginia is seeking to do. Kill the little queer kids. Take suicidal kids and tell them their lives aren't worth anything and they can't have the medical treatment that will save their lives. And Bye now. So, uh, it, well... Busy day. Fabio says, I was reminded of a great word the other day. Instead of saying, baby's got back, you can say she's a Calipigian woman. Calipigian. That's Greek for baby's got back and sends me a picture of a beautiful Greek marble. And yes, she does. Calipigian. Calipigian? Calipigian? Working on my actual Greek pronunciation. <laughs> Thanks for that, apropos of nothing, Flavio, but thank you. So, uh, we're almost done with the first hour of the program. That's flown by, hasn't it? They seem to be doing that of late. We have a magnificent opportunity via a challenge offer from Charlene in Rogues Island, the forced religion stinks, or forced worship stinks in the nostrils of God challenge for this prayer meeting Wednesday. And if two, if we can get $200, Charlene is just itching to turn that into 400 and she'll throw another 50 on top of it. And then Ralph's $25 American Psychological Association challenge will... Uh, if met, we'll then turn it all into $500, and we'll only have $205 left to finish the program tomorrow. Oh, and by the way, I'd said that I would be getting up crazy stupid early in the morning, to. I'm not going. Um, I realize that tomorrow is blood work day. So I'm going to take my happy little insurance card across the river, and I have to be, have to be NPO, and I have to... Uh, get all my fun blood chemistry done and that will keep me from getting to Charleston on time so there we go darn it so there's no threat to the program tomorrow but anyway we can raise $225 things will get much better 
and uh, and, and several bills will get paid. Today was a bad day for not only Nitwit Nero, but for counsel for the parking garage, Alina Havana Havana Havana, because she had to fess up. Now, in previous in previous filings before the court, counsel for the parking garage had said that. My client shouldn't have to post a bond because he's so rich. Oops. Well, the the deadline for posting the bond is racing toward Nitwit Nero, and he's had to fess up to something. His pettifoggers in federal court asked for a stay of the $454.2 million judgment against Nitwit Nero that was uh, that was uh, obtained by Attorney General Letitia James and her team. In the filing, the request for a stay said, this is, of course, legalese, uh, in the absence of a stay on the terms herein outlined, properties would likely need to be sold to raise capital under exigent circumstances, and there would be no way to recover any property sold following a successful appeal. That's not going to happen. Uh, no means to recover the resulting financial losses from the Attorney General. In other words... He's busted. He's brokered in the Ten Commandments and poor as Job's turkey. And it was only a it was only a, a, a week or so ago that counsel for the parking garage showed up on uh, Newsmuck to talk about how rich her client is. So Judge Engeron says that he wants this $350 million within 30 days. Now, I know that you're planning on appealing this, but you've still got to put up the full amount pending that appeal. Does Donald Trump have that kind of money sitting around? Yes. I mean, he does. Of course he has money. You know, he's a billionaire. Um, We know that that he's got properties in Manhattan, Westchester, and the Valley, even his iconic $348 million Trump Tower, which, by the way, I think that's undervaluing Trump Tower, um, could be on the chopping block. Do you see that happening over the next 25 days? No. (laughs) No. So he'll just write a check, Alina? I'm not going to get into privileged information, but there will be a, a bond and there will be no issues with that. So that's all I'll say on that. Okay. Okay. Only she was lying. Wowzer, was she lying. And over on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, she said, what they're trying to do between this case, between my last case, is put Trump out of business. 
it's not going to work, number one. Number two, what they're doing is a scare tactic. Unfortunately, they picked the wrong guy to pick on, in my opinion, because he's strong, he's resilient, and he happens to have a lot of cash. Only, well, he doesn't. He's busted. He's broke. He doesn't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. And... <laughs> Sorry. God, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Oh, going back to uh, uh, Moscow Mitch for a minute. For a while there on uh, uh, on that website formerly known as Twitter... The hashtag good riddance trended on the news that Moscow Mitch won't be the Senate minority or majority, the, the Republican leader. It, no. But again, the Arafat rule is in play. And now, as Ralphs points out, Trump is suggesting a $100 million bond because he can't find anybody who will front the whole thing. And if he continues to lose, as he likely will, whoever the chump is who would sign that bond, maybe Iwanka or... Maybe Jared? He went to Jared. Well, they're just they're just gonna have to know that that's gonna be a hundred million dollars pissed away. And they're gonna be on the hook for the other three hundred and fifty four million too. Would you sign a bond like that? For a man like that? I mean, isn't that a case of Oh, nitwit Nero, I was born at night, not last night. All right. Uh, going back to counsel for the parking garage, I think there's something Haba isn't saying. Banks won't even lend him money if he puts his buildings up for collateral. He's that bad a credit risk. And remember the story from last week, uh, the, uh, the, the, the chumps, I mean, uh, uh, customers, I, I mean, rubes, I mean, purchasers of condos and the like inside his trashy buildings are seeing their property values plummet because his name's on the building. And because he is notorious for cutting corners and using shitty building materials.
and so remember he he's in the bind he's in with the state of New York because he dummied up the values of his properties and they're still dummied up. So the court did cut him some slack. And gave him a little bit of extra time to go out and try to wheedle up a loan. Uh, the appeals court judge in New York did some baby splitting. And said, okay, I'm going to put a stay on y'all running, the, you, you know, you and your two, uh, your two filthy gits running the company so that you can go and try to get loans. But Molly Crane Newman at the New York Daily News said Trump has to pay up. The judge said he was somewhat sympathetic to Nitwit Nero's arguments. And the arguments were that he doesn't have the cash and he can't get a loan. He had to confess in this request that he's busted. As Petty Fogger saying, uh, in the absence of a stay on the terms here in outline, properties would likely need to be sold. Fire sale! Kind of wish Eugene Carroll could put down an uh, put down an offer on Trump Tower, and then the money would go straight to the coffers of the state of New York, and Nitwood Nero would never see a penny of it. I suspect what he's waiting on or trying to buy time for is for his uh, investment in the holding company that owns Tripe Social. Uh, to be monetized. That would put a significant amount of coin in his hand. It's still not enough for the ver- for the judgments. He's scrambling. And uh, the as the law of Todd postulates, he ain't going to make it. And that seems to be the uh, thinking... behind at least one individual who says that uh, it's possible that Mrs. Governor Ambassador Speaker of the House Haley may just be sticking around to start a floor fight at the Republican convention and really make Nitwit Nero suffer. Stoke the stroke, Nikki. Stoke the stroke.
that would be that would be a floor fight to watch, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. Also in court action today, and by that I do not mean basketball. Uh, now this story is datelined today because the wheels of justice turn slowly. The man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells has gotten another break. Judge Carl Nichols has once again agreed that Stevie Three Shirts can stay, stay out of the stirrer while he appeals his contempt of Congress conviction. Uh, reporter Eric, uh, Eric Lazan said... The trial judge stayed the sentence of four months imprisonment pending appeal. The appeal languished in the D.C. Circuit before it was argued on, on November 23rd before Judges Pillard, Garcia, and Walker, who are still deliberating the case. The issue seems to turn on whether or not Bannon should have been allowed to testify to the trial jury. Bannon had that choice, but he claims that uh, he was only following advice of counsel in not complying with the subpoena. He's got, well, uh, Mr. Bannon acted in the only way he understood from his lawyer that he was permitted to behave. And that they were not allowed to make that argument at, at trial. Because Judge Nichols agreed with the prosecution that the law and facts of the case precluded Bannon from testifying in that fashion. Bannon then declined to testify at all. Your Honor, I should have been allowed to tell myself to fuck off. He got, he got considerably more gentle treatment out of Carl Nichols than uh, Peter Navarro got out of Amit Mehta, who said, oh, you can appeal, but you're going to be in jail while the appeal goes. Navarro has yet to re have, uh, receive a reporting date for the Bureau of Prisons. Now, uh, Glenn Kirshner, the former federal prosecutor who uh, is really, really smart, has offered up some thinking on the distinction between Navarro and Bannon's respective criminal convictions. Well, friends, one of Donald Trump's close advisors who tried to help him overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election, Peter Navarro is headed to prison. It's a start. Let's talk about that. 
because justice matters. That's the name of Glenn Kirshner's vlog, uh, Justice Matters. Let's see if we can get past the intro. The coup, a catchy name, the Green Bay Sweep. Because, you know, if you give a coup a catchy name, you know, no one will be the wiser. Well, now Peter Navarro is headed to prison. So let's start by taking a quick look back to recall exactly what Peter Navarro did when he tried to run roughshod over the expressed will of the American voters back in 2020. So friends, let's start with this Rolling Stone article from back in 2021. Headline, Trump advisor worried he's not getting enough credit for trying to ruin American democracy. Former Trump advisor Peter Navarro details the Green Bay sweep he organized with over 100 congressmen to keep Trump in office. And that article begins, for most patriotic Americans, January 6th represents a day of national shame and terror at what could have been the end of our democracy. But when former Trump economic advisor Peter Navarro reflects on that day, what he dwells on is that he doesn't get nearly enough credit. Navarro recently published a memoir and is now pushing out interviews to reporters bragging of a scheme he dreamed up with former Trump advisor Steve Bannon to overturn the results of the 2020 election. They even had a cringy name for it, the Green Bay Sweep. The plot sought to keep Trump in office by exerting maximum pressure on Vice President Mike Pence to block the certification of the Electoral College votes from pivotal swing states by drawing out the proceeding on national television for as long as 24 hours. It was the perfect plan, Navarro told the Daily Beast. We had over 100 congressmen committed to it. You know, friends, it really wasn't so much the perfect plan as it was a criminal conspiracy to obstruct the congressional proceeding. So what happened? Well, Congress subpoenaed Peter Navarro. The January 6th House Select Committee issued lawful congressional subpoenas to Peter Navarro for testimony and for documents. And rather than comply with those subpoenas, Peter Navarro blew them off. He defied them in his zeal to hide from Congress and by extension from we the people the damaging and incriminating information he could otherwise provide about Donald Trump. He blew off those subpoenas. So, not surprisingly, he was charged with two counts of contempt of Congress for criminally violating lawfully issued congressional subpoenas. Navarro went to trial, Navarro was convicted, and Navarro was sentenced to four months in prison. But recently at his sentencing hearing, Navarro said, wait, 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 don't put me in prison. I want to stay out of prison pending appeal, which could take a very long time. And the judge said, well, have your attorney put a motion in writing, making your best arguments about 
why you shouldn't report to prison to start your four-month sentence. And his attorney did that. Here is what happened when the judge got a hold of that motion filed by Peter Navarro's attorney asking that he be allowed to remain on release, go home, stay out of prison pending his appeal in the case. From the Washington Post, Peter Navarro ordered to begin serving prison term for January 6th contempt. And that article begins, a federal judge on Thursday ordered former Trump White House aide Peter Navarro to begin serving a four-month prison term for ignoring a subpoena from the House Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 Capitol attack, rejecting his request to stay free while he appeals his conviction on two counts of criminal contempt of Congress. Navarro said he worked on a plan to delay and ultimately challenge the outcome of Congress's formal count of the 2020 presidential election results with Steve Bannon, Trump's former political advisor. Both men refused to provide either testimony or documents as demanded by the House January 6th panel and were convicted of two counts of misdemeanor contempt and sentenced to four months of incarceration. Either man could become the first person incarcerated for defying a congressional subpoena in more than half a century under a rarely prosecuted offense punishable by up to one year in prison. Navarro, who claimed credit for devising a plan to overturn the 2020 election and keep Donald Trump in office, has one more chance to avoid being put behind bars if he can convince a federal appeals court that his legal challenges are likely to succeed, a premise that his trial judge rejected. Now, friends, one thing I'm pretty confident of, now that the trial court judge rejected Navarro's request to stay on release, to stay out pending appeal, the appellate court will not intervene and override that. So I think the next thing you're going to see happen in the Navarro case is the Federal Bureau of Prisons, the BOP, will give Navarro a reporting date, designate the federal facility that Navarro is to report to to begin serving his four-month sentence. But, you know, there's an interesting disparity in what's happened to Navarro versus what happened to Bannon, because Bannon committed virtually the same crimes. Contempt of Congress by thumbing his nose at lawfully issued congressional subpoenas because Bannon did not want to reveal the incriminating evidence he had against Donald Trump. And Bannon went to trial, was convicted, and was sentenced to four months. But Bannon is out, pending appeal. He hasn't had to spend one minute behind bars yet. So why is there this disparity in the way the two convicted defendants are being treated? Well, the judge who presided over Peter Navarro's case is a judge named Amit Mehta. He is a straight-up, fair, impartial, no-nonsense judge. In fact, he is a former public defender in the courts of the District of Columbia. And he did what I consider to be the right thing. He imposed the sentence on Peter Navarro and ordered him into custody. Steve Bannon committed the same crimes, 
was convicted of the same offenses, was handed the same sentence, four months in prison, but the judge who presided over Steve Bannon's trial is a guy named Carl Nichols. Guess who he was appointed by? He's a Trump appointee. And I think it represents a real miscarriage of justice that Steve Bannon has been permitted to be out, out and about, continuing to try to do what he can to undermine our democracy and Americans' confidence in our, our voting systems, right? You can see him on his podcast. Now, I thought all of that was quite thorough, but that's the point I wanted to get to. Because the fact of the matter is, that's exactly what we've been saying here at this little program for months. Maggot judges yield maggot results. And Carl Nichols is Exhibit A. And that's the difference between the two cases. And uh, uh, Flavio says, Navarro, Bannon, et al. So how, how exactly does justice matter? I'll believe it when Bannon and Navarro and Stone and all those fascists are in prison. Until then, please stop titillating me with news of imminent justice. Seriously. Well, it's coming. I mean, look, if... See, we're playing in the world of if here. Chateau d'If. And if, for instance, the Supreme Court were to deal with the, with the immunity case promptly, as they should, and if they issue a ruling saying, no, he does not have, the president does not have immunity, then the minute that that ruling comes out, the gavel can fall in D.C. and the case can begin and jury selection can begin. And one gets the idea that Judge Tanya Chutkin will not wait around for further shenanigans. Oh, thank you very kindly to a kind anonymous internet friend who has uh, met Ralph's challenge and then $25 of Charlene's uh, forced worship is stinks in the nostrils of God challenge. So there's $175 to go on Charlene's challenge and Hopefully, our kind anonymous internet friend will be uh, will have some comrades and colleagues, and we're you know, 175 isn't a lot. It isn't that much money to bring together to ultimately knock down our fundraising goal for the end of the uh, for fully funding the month of February to only 205 bucks. So thank you, kind anonymous internet friend. Thank you very very much. And we are, of course, almost to the halfway point of the program. Rumor has it this is a conversation radio program. And it works, uh, conversation radio works a lot better when I'm not the only one conversing. 
So if uh, if you if you'd like to, feel free to uh, ring up the program. Sarah, get me the Bluebird Diner. Yeah, uh, you can get via the stress line eight four four eight four three four six seven six eight four four the horn. Or the ordinary line, 304-574-8178. And then there's uh, Skype, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid, K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N, Robin, Kincaid, Horn. And they all come into the, into the, into the same uh, mix desk, and we can be chatting merrily away. Now, uh, continuing onward, Brother Deacon Asa going back to funding being pulled for the Kinsey Institute. You don't need no government money checks for no hoity-toity sexy time research, you bunch of pansies. All the sexy time answers are right there in the holy book. Like that one story where Daddy bangs his own daughters while the degenerate salt pillar watches and cheers on. You think the salt pillar was there, do you? I thought they moved on, but maybe they just decided to knock it off for the day. Not quite off. Never mind. So out in the wider world of Merca, a few other things. This is inspiring, not. Because the entire purpose of the Republican Party is and always has been cruelty, especially to people who aren't white and now aren't cis and aren't straight, aren't Christian and aren't male. Enter the Arizona GQP, who is who are trying to run a bill through the Arizona legislature. And I'm not kidding. I keep saying they're homicidal maniacs, and then they keep agreeing with me. Republicans in Arizona have crafted a bill, if you can call it crafting, have crapped a bill that lets a landowner murder trespassers. Murder trespassers. It would legalize the murder of undocumented immigrants. Who, in many instances, walk across ranch lands. That that, that, that are down there by the southern border. A a creep named uh, Representative Justin Heap. It's just a heap, man. It's just a heap. Uh, it said, uh, oh, we're going to close a loophole where these here migrants have... And you know he didn't say migrants. These illegal aliens have moved around inside the U.S. The reason they introduced the bill is because of a guy named George Allen Kelly, a rancher in Arizona who was charged with killing Gabriel Quinn Wittemea who was walking through his 170 acres last year, and he 
blew him away. He will go to trial next month. Now, let's understand, Arizona Stan is already a castle, a castle doctrine state. If somebody's inside your residence, you can blow the hell out, blow their heads right off. And what this does is it says that that right is expanded to uh, proper any property or structure occupied or not. Now, is there an upside to all of this? Yes, there is. If they manage to pass this bill, Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs is expected to veto it. Whether does Arizona have a veto-proof majority? I don't know. But, well, the Republicans can't be bothered by niceties like, you know, not murdering people. Because that's what the Republican Party is. Murder migrants, compel children to suicide. All right. But here we are. And then there's uh, hmm. Sorry, these stories are such a part of, of it seems like so many programs, but it's here we are. It, it, it's where we are. It's both. It's floor wax and a dessert topic. Down in Texas, Governor Greg Asbot who, despite, well, never mind. Governor Greg Asbot has called on citizens of Texas to go full Stasi. He wants licensed professionals and members of the general public to drop the dime on the parents of trans kids if they think, believe, that the parents are trying to save their child's life with gender-affirming care. He made the directive in a letter to the Department of Family and Protective Services saying... uh, You will conduct a prompt and thorough investigation of any reported instances of minors undergoing elective procedures for gender transitioning. Yeah. Narcs. He wants to turn the entire state of Texas into narcs. Good Christ. Because, of course, 
Greg Asbot is a Christian. And he's just full of the love of Jesus. Oh, did I mention that there was a walkout at Owasso High School in Oklahoma, Stan? With students walking out in protest of the lynching of next Benedict? Because there was. Meanwhile, in the Seventh Judicial Circuit of the United States, which takes into a, which which includes Talibandiana, uh, yesterday that Court of Appeals stayed the stay that was put in place by the district court below, which actually, well, saw the evidence to stop temporarily. Talibandiana from driving trans kids there to suicide. It was in June of last year, the federal district court granted a request for a preliminary injunction. The lawsuit was brought by four trans kids and their parents, as well as a doctor in a health care clinic. The district, the district court judge found that there was a substantial likelihood that the plaintiffs would prevail at trial and entered the injunction. And now this, uh, this appeals court has said, nah, we'd rather the trans kids kill themselves. Uh, the ACLU and the ACLU of Indiana issued joint statement this ruling is beyond disappointing and a heartbreaking development for thousands of transgender youth, their doctors, and their families. As we and our clients consider our next steps, we want all the transgender youth of Indiana to know this fight is far from over, and we will continue to challenge this law until it is permanently defeated and Indiana is made a safer place to raise every family. Now, the problem with, with, with things like stories like that is that I don't know if that was a three-judge panel of the Seventh Circuit or if it was a if it was on banc. I would hope that the that the ACLU and the and the parents and the doctor and the kids will ask if it was if it was just a three-judge panel that they will ask for a full hearing on banc, which would then stay the stay of the stay. I know, it gets a little confusing after a while. Out in uh, Oklahoma, Stan, however, we talked about State Senator Woods, who said that the LGBTQ community is filth, his word, not mine. And now, lo and behold, Republicans in that state are running away from him. The very same Oklahoma legislature that put in place the laws that made next Benedict's life a living hell, now want to say that, well, you know, Senator Woods' remarks ain't like, well, that ain't who we are here in Oklahoma, Stan. Uh, the Senate President Pro Tem, one Greg Treat, said that Tom Woods' remarks were reprehensible and in inappropriate, and, well, 
He's still a Republican, so take this for what it's worth. I am of the belief that all people are image bearers of God and deserve to be treated with dignity, dignity and respect. His remarks were not in any way reflective of myself, the Senate Republican Caucus, Senate leadership, or the Senate overall. In my opinion, he had a serious lapse of judgment, and it has distracted from the mission and good work we are attempting to advance on behalf of all Oklahoma Stanians. Bullshit. The Senate passed that bill that made next Benedict's life a living hell. It didn't just magically occur. Woods, meanwhile, doubled down and said, I'll stand behind what I believe in. The groups and individuals who push gender reassignment on children in our skis and anyone else who's trying to normalize behavior that shouldn't be tolerated is unacceptable in my mind. Well, then don't, don't, don't have any transi- transitioning children in your mind, dipshit. You filthy fucking Christian. I will continue to push for a day when kids can be kids again and be free from the pressure of conforming to radical ideologies. wonder if it ever occurs to that creep, that maggot creep, that he probably knows trans people, gay people, Intersex people, asexual people, queer people. But because of what a filthy bigot he is, no one talks about it around him because they know that he is comprised entirely of hate. In the name of Jesus. And, uh, Then uh, there's Senate Minority Leader Kay Floyd of Oklahoma City. She said, words have consequences, and this kind of conduct is unbecoming of an elected official. It is our duty to represent and protect everyone, not make things worse. The the, uh, Secretary of Labor in Oklahoma has also spoken out. And said that she is saddened, or well, they are saddened. Yeah, Micah says, uh, you mean the right to go to work at the age of five years old in a coal mine like in times past? I guess you only want us to be miserable when we conform to what cis straight alpha males are supposed to look like, huh, Senator Dipshit? They're making Oklahoma great. Just uh, gross. And, of course, we're still waiting for the final results and the, the announcement of the cause of death for Next Benedict. I have no doubt that the George Floyding of Next Benedict is well underway in the Owasso Police Department. And I hope someone, someone somewhere in Washington 
is having a conversation saying the DOJ needs to be involved because God knows uh, the uh, cops in Oklahoma stand have proven they cannot be trusted. Um, as to Nitwit Nero's appeal of the immu- uh, well, the immunity appeal, let's just call it that. Billable Rick says uh, the only solace that I can take from the Supreme Court's granting of the cert petition in the election interference case to determine whether Trump is immune from prosecution is that he didn't get to delay his trial for another two to three months by seeking en banc review from the D.C. Circuit. Based on the timing of oral oral argument in that case, April 28th, week of the 22nd, I think it was, billable. I don't see the Supreme Court issuing an opinion on the immunity issue until early June at the earliest. If the Supreme Court gets it right, i.e. no Trump immunity from prosecution, then the trial wouldn't start until probably early September, late September, if the court waits till the end of June to issue its opinion. Jury selection will probably take two weeks, so the trial won't actually start till mid-September at the earliest, based on the numerous witnesses who the government would call at trial. It would probably take at least two to three months to try the case, which would still be ongoing on the day of the election. Thus, Trump will probably not be a convicted felon as of Election Day. Note, I have no hope that maggot Judge Aileen Cannon will seek to expedite trial of the theft of classified documents case. If Trump is convicted at that trial, he would probably not be sentenced for another 10 weeks after the trial ends, so he probably wouldn't be sentenced until early January 2025 at the earliest. So my guess is that there's only about a 50-50 chance that Trump would be a convicted federal felon as of Inauguration Day 2025. Because of the Federal Supremacy Clause, it would seem that the Supreme Court's action in granting cert as to the immunity issue will effectively freeze any state court trials of Trump as to the criminal acts with which he is charged while he was president until the Supreme Court case is resolved. In any event, it doesn't appear that Fonnie Willis is anywhere near trying Trump in the Georgia RICO election theft loss, since she is mired in unfounded allegations of prosecutorial misconduct that is a multi-defendant case and no trial date has even been suggested or hinted at by the presiding judge. As to the multi-felony case that the Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg has filed against Trump for falsifying business records in connection with the hush money payments made to Stormy Daniels at the onset of his 2016 presidential campaign, the trial of that case is set to begin on March 25th because Trump committed all of those cha- charged acts before he became president. I don't see how the trial of that case could be stayed while the Supreme Court decides Trump's immunity claim. Thus, it seems that the New York case, long regarded as the least serious criminal case against Trump, may be the last best hope for Trump to become a convicted felon before Election Day 2024. We'll see what happens. We indeed live in strange times, as Hunter S. Thompson wrote, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. Thank you, Billable Rick. Um, I'm, I'm curious as to why you think that if on June... 28th, the Supreme Court issues its decision in the immunity case and says he's not immune. Why would uh, why would Tanya Chutkin not start the wheels of justice moving, grinding right then and there? Get the ball rolling for jury selection, get the voir dire going, and get to trying. Now I'm sure he'd whine a bit, whine about, but I. But I have to. I have to go to my convention and be, and be corroborated uh, to so to be president. 
and maybe maybe the court would stay that that long. But then again, we're talking about, uh, in the words of the D.C. Circuit, in this case, he is not President Trump. He is Mr. Trump, citizen, with all the rights and defenses appertaining thereunto. So even his precious convention, at least in theory, should not stand in the way of, of justice. Tell me what you think, Billable. Um, and there's other stuff, other stories to get to. But let's uh, let's go to the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. What is this about Indiana University, my beloved alma mater, wanting to shut down McKenzie Institute? Oh, no, Indiana doesn't want to. Not the university. No, not your beloved alma mater. But last year, last April, Dave, hi, Dave. uh, Hi. Last April, the Taliban-Diana legislature said that no Indiana University funds could be used to support the Kinsey Institute because sex is dirty. Oh, those sons of bitches. I have some humorous news. Yes, do, please. My, 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 well, you know, we have a, a strong, uh, a strong humorous bent in the, uh, in the blind family. And my, my beloved ex-wife, Christine, called, uh, Herr Braun's office yesterday and pretty much told the uh, poor aide that answered the phone that uh, she did not join the military to support fascists. And she asked a very pointed question. Does Mr. Braun, who is running for governor of Talibandiana, is he willing to re-enslave free black people? Uh, And uh, she basically told them, they said, well, they'd have an aide reach out to her. And she said, bullshit, I want an answer from him. Good. So, you know, I figured the Horn Family Community Congregation should should know that story. I asked for her permission to disclose it, and she gave me the permission. So, if a blind if a blind sixty five year old black woman can do it, there's no excuse for anybody else. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure that Dolph and Abe are looking up from hell going, that a boy, Mike, you know, but. That is a boy, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, he, 
he pronounces it brown now, even though when he was running, he pronounced it as brown. Kind of like Newt Gingrich. Well, isn't the proper German pronunciation brown? It's brown. Is it? Yeah, I thought, the A I thought, is a, a slightly longer, yeah. Braun. Braun. I just love doing the R. You, you tend to roll your R's. Oh, yes. Um, and I, I know a lot of English speakers do that because of the word Ralph. Which is usually, you know, what they're used to hearing as a command, mm-hmm. which means quickly. I thought um, I thought that was Schnell. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Rouse was moved, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think. These dirty fuckheads. Uh, my state senator is a maggot, retired cop. Uh, you know, uh, I guess we can tell how, which way he do steps. Uh, oh, wait a minute. You earned that one. But Robin, I, I I am considering becoming a a, a, a neo-fascist kid for fun and profit. But I need some advice. I, I don't know if I, I can to, advise on that account, but well, okay. uh, well, since you listen to a bunch of these fascist fuckheads, maybe you can help me discern what steps I need to take to become a. A, a neo-fascist fuckhead, and that is, from from my from my study of the whole thing, I need hypocrisy 101. I need racism then and now, and uh, historical deniability. And I think I that that's my first semester as a fascist student, and then I just worked my way from there. But the question is, are my advisors hooded fuckheads? You know, do I have to go to my local clansmen to get, get them to sign off on it? And can I call them stupid fucking fascists to their face, or do I have to wear a pillowcase over my head? I think you can. I think you. I think you can. I think you can. I think you can forego the pillowcase, Dave. But I would not forego the bear spray. No, he said applied under the arms. You know, like right guard, or in this case, right wing guard. Ah. See, I've just got the cow. Here, I've got another observation. I've got the cowbell right here's in my hand. I'm just waiting for him to. I'm just waiting for him to fly 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 out. Yeah. Well, now, now you know there are, are legendary rock and rollers still living uh, who come in the early days. Uh, 
and I'm thinking in, in this case of Little Richard, if you go to any major city in the United States and Little Richard and Donald Trump are in the same city at the same time, does the cost of makeup go up? Uh, I was under the understanding that Little Richard is no longer among the quick. Well, that doesn't mean you can't be made up, now, does it? Mm. <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, I think there are some supply the, chain issues. I think there are some cosmetic little, supply little, chain issues. Richard actually bought joy and, and enjoyment and, and fun to the people that were listening to him. Donald Trump, not so much. Um, there's a story. They interviewed a woman that worked for him, uh, a, an undocumented uh, employee. Uh, he complained to her about his, the collars of his shirt having orange stains on them. And she looked over and said, if you didn't wear so much makeup, that wouldn't happen. Right. And it's true. I mean, and I don't know. I don't know if it's a ring. I don't, I don't know the shade. I don't know. Is, is it orangutan? Is it orangutan or Cheeto dust or uh, uh, Tang, the beverage of the astronauts? Hey, leave Tang and the orangutans out of this. Orangutans are, are, are gentle creatures. Um, and Tang, that, that's a boyhood favorite of mine. My mom used to get me to drink up by telling me the astronauts drank it. I wanted to go to space, so yeah, I drank it. You know what, you know what my grandmother, uh, used, when I was, when I would get sick when I was little, she would make me hot tea and she would sweeten it with Tang. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually, they had on the package at one time uh, a way to fix it during the winter where you just, like, boil up some water, make the tang, and serve it hot. It's even better with and tea. it's not bad. Well, yeah, but there's enough sugar in there that your teeth will decay just by looking at the glass. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I figured, uh, you know, oh, by the way, happy prayer meeting, Robin. Well, well thank you, Dave. Uh, I just, the, the state of Indiana wants to become the fascist, the most fascist of fascist state. I mean, I mean, after all, they they can't let Lumpkin and and uh, the rest of those assholes take pride of place in the goose stepping pantheon. Well, they got some catching up to do. Yeah. The the only good thing about the state of Virginia's governor's office is that they're limited to one term at a time. Mm-hmm. And they have to leave after that and wait another term before they can run again for that office. Um, and 
um, what was it? Donald Trump has been voted the least effective president by presidential historians. That that I can agree with. Um, that you know, Miller Fillmore fans everywhere are singing the praises of Donald Trump because Millard Fillmore used to be referred to as the most useless president in U.S. history. Uh, there's even a Millard Fillmore Society. I, I guess that's kind of like... I thought it was war. I thought, well, okay, useless versus utterly criminal... Uh, utter, the, up until up until the arrival of dim leader, um, arguably and arguably Richard Nixon, yeah, definitely Richard Nixon, and you know old six 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 himself, Ronald Wilson Reagan, uh, the most openly criminal president in the United States history was Warren Gamaliel Harding of Ohio, who got one of his secretaries knocked up in the White House. Yes. By the way, just because you might, uh, speaking of which, uh, one of the candidates for the GQP Senate nomination from Montana Stan, Matt Rosendale, he's bowing out of the race because he just got caught having impregnated his 20-year-old congressional aide, who was not, who was not his good lady wife. But at least he did not spill his seat upon the ground, Robin. Oh no, 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 no! And her, and and her, and her womb was not a rock, dry and barren, rocky place where his seed could find no purchase. So, I mean, since we're getting all prayer meeting and stuff here, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Oh, by the way, that that line about, uh, you know, in Texas for uh, reporting parents who want to give gender-affirming care to their children. Yeah. Well, see, I have a niece named Rakita, and I'm a little confused because my niece, Rakita, is a good college graduate, good job, been married for years. And Todd Rikita, the Attorney General of the State of Indiana. Right. Do they spell now, it the I'm same? Wondering, I'm, 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 I'm wondering if Todd might be, in the words of your basic goose-stepping Hoosier, a biological female. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> You do that better than I do. Well, I live among them, Robin. I know. Of course, I know. I know. I know the inflection point. But the ACLU going at, and the Indiana Civil Liberties Union going after the state of Indiana on on this law. I say more power to them. And we ought to give donations in the name of Todd Burkita to the Indiana Civil Liberties Union. 
and have them send him a nice email saying thank you for your support. I just, ugh. And have Braun wants to become the dictator of my beloved state. Will he be worse or uh, will he be more or less fascist than Mike Pencil Neck Geek? That's what I want to know. Well, uh, you know, here's the thing, Robin. The current governor, uh, Eric Holcomb, was chosen by 12 Republicans to become the lieutenant governor, which is sort of the ordination of the uh, heir apparent in Indiana. And when uh, Trump and Mikey moved to D.C., um, you know, where where Mike looked lovingly at, at Donald Trump every time he was in the room with him. Um, yes, find somebody who looks at looks at you the way Donald the way Mike Pence looked at Donald Trump. I remember. Uh, and see, the thing is, Robin, there were signs here in Indianapolis that said Pence must go, and then when. Nitwit Nero won the election. Those signs changed with markers that said, but we didn't mean he needed to go to Washington. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Yes, there, there, there are. Everybody thinks Indiana is such a conservative state. There's a strong progressive tradition in Indiana. Especially among union members. My dad, Mr. Reaganite Republican and supporter of Richard Milhouse Nixon, uh, was a union guy all through his career. He was a member of the Communication Workers of America. Well, it might come to you, it, it might come to you as it might come to you as a bit the of a surprise. IBW. It might be it might be a bit of a surprise to you, but. Uh... For all his life as the uh, iron-fisted leader of the United Mine Workers of America, John L. Lewis was a registered Republican. I don't know. See, that doesn't surprise me because as a kid, about about 50% of the union people in Indiana were Republican. It was about a 50-50 thing. But one thing that brought the the union people together was if management was trying to screw over their members. It wasn't until Ronald Reagan started in on them and well, they'd be better off without union bullshit that the Republicans have been, you know, got down on their knees and go, yes, masters, yes, masters. And, and, the Republicans uh, of, of the time before Reagan would have been drummed out as as, as bleeding liberals. I I bring the point of one Senator Richard Luther, who was called by his opponent in a primary that he was too liberal for Indiana. 
Richard Ruger. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, I'm surprised this guy didn't have a swastika on his armband. Uh, he was not voted into office, by the way. Primarily because he, uh, he, uh, espoused a, a point of view that women who are raped would be able to shut down their pregnancies or potential pregnancies. Yes, the body has a way of shutting that, uh, shutting that stuff down. Yes, yes, he, he started that, that crap. And and the, the women, including the Republican women in this state, will go over and go, nah, you're not going into the United States Senate, fuck you, and having by was put in. Or no, no, it was Joe Donnelly who was put in. Evan by when he left the Senate, then tried to run again and got defeated. But most people just thought he was the son of a bitch anyway. Ah, I see what you did there. Was that a reference to Birch Bay? I heard, I heard, I heard the tail end of of, of Milksop, uh, Joe Manchin. All this morning. To, oh yes, yes. Uh, you know he uh, <laughs> he he and. Uh, he and the other Joe probably should be glad their names weren't Robert. Because, well, they might get confused with certain, uh, you know, uh, evangelical aspects like Hilton and Robert, uh, or dear little Oral. <laughs> The nine hundred, the nine hundred foot Jesus. You'll like this. There is a, a a queer student group at ORU called ORU Out. <laughs> oh wait, yes, ORU yes. Out, get out of here. Yes, yes. You know, I've been thinking. Know, I've been thinking lately about class, about yeah. you know poor little next Benedict. And Owasso isn't far from Tulsa, where uh, it, it, ORU is no longer a going concern, is it? No, it still is. Oh, my. Um, Oral's son runs it now. He runs the grift now. You Richard? don't hear much from them. Yes. I, I thought I thought well, he got to, I thought they, he got they, they had to put they had to put a dick in at, at ORU because well they had to put a dick oh, in oral really is that where that you were way. going they had to put a dick in oral yeah. yes right. yeah but I thought he got caught a romping and whatnot Richard Roberts I, I thought he was Jerry Falwell Jr. before Jerry Falwell Jr. was Jerry Falwell Jr. Oh he probably was. He probably was because 
you really would need to see their their browser history. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who was the guy? Where was it? Was it Oklahoma or it was one of the stand states where the guy got convicted of of paying off a seventeen year old with weed? No, that was Oklahoma stand. That was that was guy? yeah, that was Senator Ralph Shorty who wanted some rent boy and was willing to pay for it with, I don't know, some weed, some meth. Was it weed? They were just going to get, they were just going to get high and romp. And of course he was Ralph, Ralph, Ralph Shorty was, Ralph Shorty was, Dave, Ralph Shorty was of course a good God fearing, upstanding Bible believing Christ centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual, Christian Republican with Republican family values. And a rent boy in his mouth. Well, you know, then, then we have uh, Brother Ernest Ainsley. I did not make him come. Well, that's true. But I, I was thinking of, of making a, a T-shirt in honor of Donald Trump. And it's a throwback t-shirt remember back in the 80s when there were these shirts that had orange and brown smears all over them that said I ran into Tammy Faye at the mall oh I thought you were talking about Cincinnati Bengals jerseys oh no 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 I'm sorry I thought that was quality these were these were you know uh, when Jim and Tammy Faye were going through their legal trouble uh, uh, with their papal lady ministry, uh, and there were, there were T-shirts that said, "I ran into Tammy Faye at the mall." Ah, <laughs> yeah, kind of like a ne- kind of kind of like a negative imprint of her. Yeah, okay. Right, right. It was kind of like it, it was kind of like uh, a smudged face print kind of thing on the t-shirt. I was thinking of doing the same thing, except with Donnie's shirt, you put uh, a, a red MAGA cap upside down at the bottom of the shirt. You put broken golf cart parts. Around the edge, and just say, "I ran into Donald Trump at a rally, and with a big smear over the over the top of it." <laughs> and of course, we had the and of course we had the clips uh, last night from Vaughn Hilliard of NBC of him just chit chatting with the maggots waiting to go into a rally. Now, Putin is not our enemy. Well, Robin, they 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 want they want to put the dick in dictator. See, that's why I'm <laughs> considering becoming a, 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 a I'm I'm seriously considering for fun and profit becoming a right wing douchebag so that I can run for emperor of North America. You know, why bother with the Constitution? Constitution, Constitution. Remember what Dim Leader said? It's just a, it's just a goddamn piece of paper. Piece of paper. 
But the thing is, it's not a piece of paper. It's a piece of parchment. Of course, Nitwit Nero wouldn't understand that it was written on vellum and not paper. But, but, I, you know. Vellum? Wasn't she one of them characters on the (laughs) Scooby-Doo? Sorry. Give yourself a cowboy. Well, thank you. No, it'll, that one deserves the it'll, it'll be It'll be a little one. Okay. All right. I don't think Bill can overturn that one. <laughs> there best not be an appeal. <laughs> well, it is a cowbell, so there's an automatic appeal. Appealing in the cowbell. Would you be so kind as to see yourself out, please? All right. <laughs> never accept fla- and never accept flowers from the government. <laughs> it's, it's an FBI plant. It's a it's a Republican fly trap. Oh wait, God, that's uh, that's Senator Shorty. <laughs> oh dear. Well, Dave, you have yourself a wonderful evening, my friend. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna try, oh, I'm gonna get onto a few more, uh, a few more uh, moments of weirdness because God knows there's plenty of them. Give, give, please right. give, please and, give Christine our very best regards and tell her we're all proud of her for calling, and giving a uh, Herr Braun, uh the Dickens. All uh, right. Uh, I will, Robin. She'll be quite happy to hear that. I'm glad. Dave, take care, my friend. All right. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Our buddy Dave in the blind down in Talabandiana. Probably calling from Dave's Crucifixion Emporium. Uh, the boys are hard at work, I understand. Gladys keeps them all in line. But, you know, she does bring along jello, uh, a jello fruit mold every now and then, and a good time is had by all. Oh, I... We regret the error. Brother Deacon Asa reminding me, you always misquote Angley. He said, no, he did not make me come. Uh, so, too, it's a little arrogant of you just to assume that Mr. Shorty had the rent boy in his mouth. But isn't it always that way? It's the craving. Oh, and Brother Deacon Asa adds, no need to wait for next Benedict's cause of death. I already took one for the team and walked over to the libs of TikTok page, and the child was forced by his parents to take the COVID vaccine. That's what caused the child's death, plain and simple. You know, I'm halfway willing to believe that you actually saw that somewhere, and if you did, I don't want the proof. And thank you kindly, so kindly, to uh, Kevin up in Massachusetts, Massachusetts. As to uh, Charlene in Rogues Island's $200 forced worship is a, stinks in the nostril of God challenge, well, we've only got $75 to go to meet it, and we've got 44 minutes, 43 minutes and change to meet it in. That's 10 folks at 750, seven and a half people at 10. Um Two at uh, thirty-seven fifty, and then my brain starts hurting doing the cipher. But it's reachable, and that'll get us down to only two hundred dollars and two hundred and five dollars to go tomorrow to get us fully funded for the month of February. 
And that'll be miraculous. So, next story. And by the way, the lines are open if you want to get in on on some conversation. Um, A woman named Winsome Sears made history in Old Virginia last November. Winsome Sears became the first Republican black woman to become the lieutenant governor of the Old Dominion. As lieutenant governor, she is constitutionally, therefore, the president of the Senate of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Black Republicans, go figure. Well, there's her and Fappy and Byron Donalds and Tim Scott. and Sooner or later, their uh, Republicanness will <clears throat> trump uh, their blackness. And it happened in the state senate of Old Virginia. Uh, this past Monday. Oh, uh, let me go back to Billable Rick for a second here. Uh, let's hope you're right and I'm wrong about the timing of resetting the D.C. election interference case if and when Trump loses his immunity appeal in the Supreme Court. In looking at the docket of that case, very few pretrial motions have been filed. Thus, it would appear that Judge Chutkin won't reset the trial any earlier than 30 days after the appeal is resolved, so that would place jury selection for some time in July, two months earlier than I posited in my previous email today. If the trial starts in July, there may be a 75% chance of obtaining a verdict by Election Day 2024. If Merrick Garland's DOJ had not dilly-dallied so long to initiate a criminal investigation against Trump, we wouldn't be racing to a verdict so close to the election. Yeah, I've completely given up on Merrick Garland. I, I tried to defend him, and you know, Stephen New York offered up a, uh, a, a rousing and, and zealous defense. And it, I don't know about Steve, but to me, at this point, it just feels like it was misplaced trust. It just does. So we'll both hope that way, Billable, because we need justice. Back to the Commonwealth of Virginia. Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, Republican, was presiding over the body on Monday when State Senator Danica Rome of Prince William County rose in inquiry of a piece of legislation. Then this happened. Well, come on. There we go. It's, uh, there. Now, this was, this was just a procedural question. That's all it was. 
No, there was no fur flying. It was just a moment of casual right-wing bullshit. Well, what purpose does the senator from Prince William rise? Madam President, rise for parliamentary inquiry. The senator may state it. Madam President, how many votes will be would it take uh, to pass this bill with the emergency clause? That would be four-fifths, Senator. And what would be the exact number for that, uh, Madam President? Yes, sir, that would be 32. Did you hear that? Now, we're talking about how many votes are required to pass a bill under the procedural rules of the Senate of Old Virginia. Number for that, uh, Madam President? Yes, sir, that would be 32. At that point, Danica Rome put down her microphone and walked out of the Senate chamber, having been vulgarly disrespected by Winsome Sears, the Republican black lieutenant governor and president of the Virginia Senate. Winsome Sears had just deliberately misgendered Danica Rome. Because, you see, Winsome Sears is, again, a goddamn maggot. And Danica Rome is the first trans woman ever to hold a seat in the Senate of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yes, sir, that would be 32. And instead of being a complete bitch, like I probably would have been, Danica Rome stayed classy and didn't say, thank you, sir, in return. There are a few trans members of a few legislatures in this country now. One of the more prominent ones is Representative Zoe Zephyr, a Democrat from Montana, Stan. And she said that the deliberate misgendering of Danica Rome by Winsome Sears was deliberately cruel and unacceptable, pointing out if Winsome Sears was unwilling to gender Danica correctly, she could have simply used her title, Senator Rome. The only reason you intentionally misgender a sitting legislator is because you want to show your cruelty to the world. And so it's created a bit of a firestorm there in the Old Dominion. And again, Danica Rome stayed positive and said simply, there will be no statement. Meanwhile, other outlets are saying that she, that Danica Rome stormed out of the chamber. There was no storming. She didn't do a mic drop. She set the microphone down and walked away. That's all. But you can kind of you can always tell the ideological and editorial bent of an outlet by how it sensationalizes coverage. She stormed out. 
Well, Winston Sears issued a uh, non-apology apology. It's just, oh, it's gross. So we got Republicans calling trans people filth in Oklahoma, Stan. And we've got a self-hating black woman in Virginia misgendering a fellow senator. There's no bottom, y'all. There is no bottom. And later on, she, uh, Winsome Sears, apologized. Only you could tell she was really pissed off having to do it. The Senate will come to order. The senators will take their seats. Those persons not entitled to the privileges of the floor will retire to the gallery. Good morning, Senators. Good morning, guests. The Senators and those in attendance, if you are able, please rise. We will be led in prayer this morning by the Reverend Teresa K. McRoberts of Jubilee Ministries in Enrico. Following the prayer, everyone will please remain standing and we will be led in the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America by our Senate page, Elizabeth Donahue of Essex. Jehovah's Witnesses not participating. All this mummery and flim-flammery. It's revolting, really. Trying to find the exact moment. Earned his law degree from the University of Virginia. Zero, the rules are suspended. The privileges of the floor are granted. The clerk will close the roll. Eyes 39, nose 1. Eyes 39, nose 1. The reading of the, communi- of the journal is waived. The clerk will report any communications from the House of Delegates. Chair recognizes the senator from Eastern Fairfax. Stating effects of injustice, exploitation, okay, I'm, I'm just bouncing bigotry, around. greed, failing systems, and loss of all sorts. May these leaders labor in... Ah, never mind. What she said, though, was, I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. And I would hope, I would hope that everyone would understand there is no intent to, def- to offend, but that we'll we, we will each give each other the ability to forgive each other. What did Danica Rome have to forgive? Exactly nothing. 
All this horrid woman had to do was say, I apologize, and leave off the bullshit about giving each other the ability to forgive each other. In this case, it was a one-way street. I apologize for misgendering the senator from Prince William County. And it was over. Seems like it never stops. And by the way, if we're going to talk about misgendering, there is there is nothing about Danica Rome. I mean, you heard her voice. that even remotely hints at masculinity or being deserving of sir. Winsome Sears, on the other hand, looks a little bit like uh, former boxing promoter Don King. Not saying, just saying, sir. Uh, Micah with a note. Well, these are the same assholes who run around saying women are emotional and shit. Affirming, I guess, maybe... Hysterical! Stormed out! So at least Winsome Sears can be forever remembered as the transphobic bigot that she is. And the thing is, her her, her constituents like her, Danica Rome. They could have elected a a uh, good God-fearing upstanding Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evil-jellical, fundamentalist, homosexual, Christian Republican, former Fairfax County, Virginia police detective by the name of Bill Wolf, who campaigned on stopping the trans from competing on school sports teams. And he had the, uh, the uh, endorsement uh, Virginia Gubner, Glenn Youngkin, the hedge fund manager, who quietly became governor of Virginia with a war chest full of right-wing, tax-exempt, bigotry factory, Christian grift money. How disgusting. I have a feeling that Danica Rome is terribly, terribly intelligent. And in the end, she'll probably get the better of this. A little bit of good news. Uh, and by the way, we got $75 to go on Charlene and Rogues Island's wor- uh, forced worship uh, stinks in the nostril of God challenge. That's not that tall an order. And it can have real consequences for the end of this month and the beginning of the next one. It would be great to come into tomorrow's program with only $200 to go and take a great deal of weight off my mind and stress off my back. But hey, hallelujah, glory, uh, speaking of funding... Apparently the governance, government's not going to shut down come Friday, Friday midnight because they the, the, the two sides have come together 
on a teeny tiny little short-term spending uh, stopgap bill because Mullah Moses Mike Johnson isn't willing to actually do his job. He's a vulgar ideologue. And uh, the CR will fund parts of the government through, wait for it, March the 8th. Small government, y'all. And um, the, the rest of the government will be funded through March 22nd. And they're trying to, this is so silly, because, you know, maggots are involved. Uh, the uh, news story I'm working from says, uh, it's a bid to buy lawmakers more time to come up with a full-fledged funding agreement for the nation's government. Well, that's not going to happen. As long as Mullah Moses Mike or some freak of similar ilk is in the speaker's uh, chair, it's sincerely not going to happen. And there are uh, six of 12 required spending bills that are uh, part of another deal. Those bills supposedly will be passed next week before March 8th. (sighs) The House may vote as early as tomorrow, Thursday. And then Sporkfoot, Princess Sporkfoot and the rest of the Lulu caucus will throw a fit. But there uh, may, and there may even be some funding for Ukraine where the real fight for the soul of democracy is taking place. Uh, Micah says, Oh God, I'm so sick of this continuing resolution bullshit. Well, yeah, I think a lot of America is, but the problem is the only way to get rid of the continuing resolution bullshit is to get rid of Republicans. Because they are hell-bent on shutting down the government. I know, all the praying and the knees bent running around and stuff in that session of the Virginia Senate. Brother Deacon Asa said, hold the fuck on for a minute. I thought there's at least a nominal separation of religion and government in that there fair country of yours. What the fuck were they doing? Praying to the Christian God in that our Senate chamber. What am I missing? Well, what you're missing is that uh, <laughs> um, there ain't no such thing as separation of church and state. That's an article of faith for the maggots. So we have to we have to bother God at the beginning of every legislative session all across the fruited plain including the Congress of the United States. They can't, they, they can't so, so much as say holy smoot without uh, bothering God for a little bit. 
That's why they're God botherers. Thank you, Jude. Thank you so much. Jude says, uh, uh, donating for the friendship we've cultivated on the horn. I'm grateful here. And so, thanks to Jude, uh, we've got uh, 23 minutes and change to raise $55, just 55 bucks. 11 at 5, 5 at 11, etc. Oh, gee, 27.50 to times 2. But that will complete Charlene's challenge from Rogues Island. And that will be magnificent. Um, will the State of the Union speech happen, Ralphs asks. I presume so. Especially if they can you know, keep the government from shutting down. And to the extent that the uh, State of the Union is constitutionally required, uh, even if government was shut down, Biden could still do what the uh, first presidents did and simply send the State of the Union um, remarks to the Congress and satisfy the constitutional requirement that way. You may recall that uh, Thomas Jefferson was said to have a high, thin, reedy voice and was a bit of an antisocial type and shuffled around the White House in his house coat and his bedroom slippers and didn't particularly want to speak to the Congress. He was above such shit as that. And so he literally mailed it in. Well, West Virginia is first in something again. Clarksburg, West Virginia, in Harrison County, is the least diverse city in the United States. WBOY-TV reporting, a new study has ranked every city in the U.S. based on how diverse they are. Many West Virginia cities trend toward the bottom of that list list, and Clarksburg, Clarksburg is dead last. 501 cities were surveyed based on data from the Census Bureau. And uh, every city got an ethnic diversity score based on things like uh, ethno-racial diversity, linguistic diversity, birthplace diversity. Clarksburg, West Virginia got a 15.34 out of 100. But Clarksburg, among those 501 small cities, uh, is also fir- is also first in the number of people in Clarksburg who speak English. 98.33. Parkersburg, West Virginia, came in at 284. And, uh, oh God, this is bad. Clarksburg, 284, 285, uh, 285 Clarksburg, 284 Parkersburg, 278 Wheeling, 274 Fairmont, 266 Weirton. And by the way, all of, the, all of those cities have significant Italian uh, communities. Because back in the heady days of the coal boom, the coal companies would bring in 
immigrants, and sometimes they would waylay them and bring them in to work in the mines as strike breakers, scabs. Uh, they, uh, but then, the, well, the immigrants also figured out that uh, uh, being in a union would be a good thing for them. And so you've got a, a significant Italian community in all of those cities I just mentioned, Weirton, Fairmont, Wheeling, Parkersburg, Clarksburg. And it kind of goes to, and, and remember, Italians were not always white. Because whiteness was a concept that was invented in, in, in basically northern Europe for use in the colonization of the Americas. Irish people weren't white, Jewish people weren't white, Italian people weren't white. But here, a little over a hundred years later, they've gotten whitened up. Huntington, West Virginia, number 254. The state capital, Charleston, number 210. Morgantown at number 209. Probably because the university is there. Harvard on the Mon. Beckley at number 187 and Martinsburg at number 129. This is one of the most white states in the Union. And we are not the better for it. Diversity builds, diversity and inclusion builds healthy societies. And that may explain a lot of why West Virginia is the way West Virginia is. Uh, checking back in down in Alabama just for a moment. This will, of course, be focused on Alabama Supreme Court Chief Justice Tom Parker. The guy that said fertilized embryos are children. Well, he's not backing down, and in fact, he's doubling down. He even went on a podcast with some uh, floor-rolling, tongue-speaking, snake-handling grifter by the name of uh, Johnny Enlow and hauled out that same canard that we took apart yesterday about, this was America was founded as a Christian nation. And then, and I know Jude will know exactly what I'm talking about here, uh, announced unabashedly that he is a big-time supporter of the Seven Mountains Mandate. This is Prayer Meeting Wednesday, after all. The Seven Mountains Mandate says that Christians must rule all of America in seven key areas of American life, media, business, education, government, etc. Tom, embryos are children. Parker said, God created government, and the fact that we have to let it go into the possession of others, it's heartbreaking. That's why he is calling and equipping people to step back into these mountains right now. He referenced God 80 times in his stupid opinion. And the book of Genesis, like 40 times. 
even before birth, all human beings bear the image of God, and their lives cannot be destroyed without effacing his glory. Glory! Uh, the, uh, the the snake handling radio prophet Enlow said that uh, the Seven Mountains mandate encourages Christians to fight for their values and government elsewhere to aid in the healing of society. It is not sinister to desire a voice and relevance in political matters. Back in 2020, Enlow was saying that Nitwit Nero could impose martial law to remain in office. Now, uh, Matthew Taylor is a senior scholar at the Institute for Islamic, Christian, and Jewish Studies in Maryland. And he said, The Seven Mountains is not about democracy. In fact, I would argue that the Seven Mountains itself is a vision that is anti-democratic. Of course it is. Because it seeks to compel worship. Which, as Roger Williams noted in Rogue's Island, is, is stinks in the nostrils of God. It is not only undemocratic, let's be abundantly clear, it is fascist. Plain and simple. Uh, Micah with another note. You need to read the Baba verse. Yes, that's what it's called. Books or listen to them on audiobook. They're narrated beautifully and it's great sci fi. And I could see the people like this judge in the theocratic state that replaced America. A lot of people can see where this shit leads. All you got to do is take one look at Iran or our partners in peace in Saudi Arabia or any of the other vulgar dictatorships in that horrid part of the world. When religion rules, everyone, everyone suffers. 13 minutes to go and $55 to go to meet Charlene's challenge. Thanks to everybody for your help so far. A tale of two states, Utah... And Tennistan. Tennistan has banned the display of the rainbow pride flag. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Roy G. Biv. Yeah, because they want to keep sexual indoctrination out of our skis in Tennessee. 
On the other hand, having done some extremely maggoty and uh, and, and vile and hateful shit already, uh, see their bathroom ban in Utah. We'll probably have one of those here in West Virginia soon, too. Won't have to go to Florida for my constitutional test. Once I'm done with my passport, I'll just carry it with me, and when they ask me for an ID in the ladies' room, I will hand it to them, and then the constitutional fight will be fucking on. But lo and behold, Utah, their house of representing, uh, actually killed the bill that would have done the same thing they're doing in Tennistan. Apparently not enough Republicans got bought and stayed bought by the 501c3 tax-exempt grifts, Christian grifts. In a 39-32 to vote, the the, the maggot-majority Utah House killed a a pride flag ban. Uh, Among other things in the bill, teachers uh, would have been prohibited from encouraging a student... When does that ever happen? To reconsider their sexual orientation or gender. And could have faced legal punishment for calling people by their students by their preferred pronouns or the name that they preferred. Teachers appeared at the Utah legislature imploring that body not to make their lives harder than the lives of teachers already are. The primary sponsor of the bill in Utah uh, is some uh, raving Christian freak named Jeff Stenquist. He said, I want teachers to see it as a tool to improve trust in the state's education system. Unfortunately, there is a perception out there that our students are being pushed toward particular ideologies or religious viewpoints or whatever it might be. And this bill now gives us the ability to say definitely to parents, no, We don't allow that in the state of Utah. We will not allow children to be gay or queer. Or otherwise, how will they ever have their own private planet in the hereafter and and, and be sister wives or, or daddy husbands or bishops? So at least that bill is dead for another year. I don't know how long it's going to take for this spasm to pass. Oh, speaking of spasms, let's go to Florida. Where uh, Mullah Measles, the state surgeon general, uh, Joseph Latipo, referred to by some as the most dangerous quack in America, who hmm, 
said that children who have been exposed to measles and are unvaccinated can just go right to school and spread it right around. Before he became Mullah Measles, Latipo was, um, well, one of the leading vaccine deniers in the United States. And, uh, well, the reality on measles in children is that one in five will be hospitalized, one in 20 will develop pneumonia. And when measles kill children, that's how measles kills children for the most part. One in 1,000 will develop encephalitis, a brain infection. And one to three in 1,000 children will die. And that's okay with Mullah Measles, Dr. Latipo. And see, here's the punchline. There's a measles outbreak in Florida now. And Mullah Measles Latipo owns it. The epicenter of the outbreak is Broward County around Fort Lauderdale. But there's one case that's outside Fort Lauderdale. The outbreak is up to nine cases. And if you have nine that you know of, well, here we are. Yeah. Oh, thank you. We have an anonymous contribution um, for a birthday, a 33rd birthday. And that is uh, that gets us down to $45 to go on Charlene's Challenge. Thank you. Thank you, kind anonymous Internet friend. And uh, we were talking about the Seven Mountains Mandate. Uh, there's a website out there now called My God Votes that wants, because the Seven Mountains Mandate is associated with the dominionism, uh, God's Avengers must take dominion over government. Uh, this particular grift comes out of Texas in Houston, and the glorious way, church, and a gospel sharp called named James Buntrock. Uh, Buntrock, gr- uh, barking and grunting, had had this to say. In the name of Jesus. I want to start off by saying this is not a political event. And, and I say laughs. that with all sincerity, no, you because don't. what we're doing here tonight is kingdom business. Uh, this is God's business. 
And let me talk just for a, a minute about what it means to serve in government. Um, in Romans chapter 13, it starts off by saying, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Well, that sounds like we should be subservient to governing authorities. That's just that's just Paul, formerly known as Saul until he went on the run, uh, trying to keep his ass out of the circus Maximus and being chased by lions. It eventually didn't work. Except I want you to follow the lines of authority. We are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the Great Commission, right? But that's not what it started with. It started with all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. So Jesus has delegated his authority to us, the believers, and we're supposed to operate with his authority on this earth. And then we take a piece of our God-given authority and we delegate it to somebody to serve in office who's here to serve us. And so when we read Romans 13 with that understanding, you recognize the lines of authority. And then it also says this about those who serve in office, for he is God's ministers to you for good. Those who serve in office are called God's ministers for good. And it says that he is not a minister. Um, but he, girls he minister can't be ministers. Uh, wrath on those who practice evil. And so we have a line of defense that we elect and put in office to execute wrath. They call him God's avenger. All you who are elected people, I want you to know, you are God's avenger to execute wrath against evil. So thank you for serving in God's kingdom tonight. So we're here to talk about my God votes. And I want to start with... Uh, this is not a political questions. meeting. Number one, what if the church gave no place to the devil? The church at large. What if the church gave no place to the devil in the political world? What if the church occupied seats of authority? What if pastors feared God more than the IRS? And what if the presence of God occupied the halls of our state houses? What kind of a society, what kind of a government would we have? Don't you love how he posits it as pastors fearing God more than the IRS? When he just got done reading a Bible verse from Romans about submitting to the authority of governance? Well, the IRS is part of governance, and the IRS has, has a rule that says if you want a politic from the pulpit, you can't be tax-exempt. But if you can just obey a little teeny tiny law, you can steal from the public commons for uh, until hell itself freezes over it. Avengers, and of course these. Of course, he's a he's a complete and total maggot. As is a uh, nightmare uh, gospel sharp by the name of John MacArthur, who recently, in one of his pontifications, declared that. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was, quote, not a Christian at all. And said he was a non-believer who misrepresented everything about Christ and the gospel. Uh, 
And of course, MacArthur is also one of those preachers who looked the other way uh, when women were being sexually abused and protected their abusers. Uh, he's a Baptist. And he made a point of, of, of slandering the memory of Dr. King during Black History Month. And Dr. King was a far better Christian than John MacArthur will ever be. And I would suspect that if there is a hereafter, that Dr. King will be sitting outside the gates of hell teasing John MacArthur with ice cubes. So that's prayer meeting Wednesday, y'all. Thanks, everyone. Oh, thank you, Darlene. Darlene jumping in as a co-founder of the Society of Leans to finish off Charlene's challenge. And so, when we next get together tomorrow on Leap Day, then... Uh, We'll have only $205 to go to finish the month of February fully funded. Thank you, Darlene. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So kind of you. And, uh, Um, Jude says this preacher man unknown possession is manifesting Bible mantras as they continue to use tonal inflection to cognitively poison the conditioning continues yeah it's mind control and a recent article suggested that uh, their victims really can't crawl back out from it and it's weird, and it's sad. So thanks, everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. We'll say thank you to our Patreon subscribers tomorrow, as we do at the end of every month. Thank you to our challenge makers, our a la carte contributors, our challenge respondents. Thank you all. Thanks to each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Great to hear from you, Brother Bishop Steve and George Stan, all-around great guy. Thanks, Roger. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment. It would thrill Brother Deacon Asa's heart and well, make me feel pretty good, too. 
Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 25 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Become part of the 15% of people who have. Get your flu shot. Check in on your pneumonia vaccine. Wear your mask if you're around maggots because they are, well, toxic. And disease spreaders. Wear your mask if you're around groups of five or more. Wear them in in big box stores and whatnot. Be one of the people who makes things better, not worse. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. And if counsel for the parking garage uh, uh, sashays towards you saying, he's still rich, he just, uh, he's, he's, he's experiencing some temporary impecuniosity, well, avoid Alina Haba like the plague. Because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.